Hello, everybody. It's me, Ross, and welcome back to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Fan Social, where town fans have their say on all things blues. And well, they got a great result on Tuesday night against Pompey, 4 0 at Fratton Park under lights. Three of the gentlemen that are joining me this week were there, but also joined by good old Bainsey. We're joined by Alex, Bloomers, Liam, and the latter with Bainsey. And we're going to talk about that win. We're going to talk about all things that happened this week. And of course, look ahead to Fleetwood this weekend. Um, first of all, I'm going to introduce Alex, who um, I met for the first time in person on Saturday. And I saw him again on Tuesday. So I've had a good week seeing Alex. Alex, welcome back to the show. How are you? And how good was it to be back at a town game? Yeah, hello, mate. Thanks for having me. Yeah, brilliant. I, I arranged this, so I've had a week off from work. Tie in with two games. I work in Saffron Walden, so Cambridge was a local game for me. And all you guys, Liam, helped me get a ticket because I couldn't get one because I'm a silver member. And then I was tying in to Pompey on the Tuesday. I'm travelling the South Coast. I'm in Bristol right now. I'm seeing some friends. So everything was tied around getting to some games. So it's brilliant to actually meet uh, some of the boys um, on Saturday, Matt, Matthias, View from the Bono, U2, aka artist formerly known as Prince, wherever he calls himself, and everyone else was brilliant and um, was gutted on Saturday as my as my um, contribution goes. And then obviously Tuesday night to be there was very special for me. Um, so yeah, absolutely brilliant to to pick that that game. But yeah, it's been you know it could have been six from six as it is. It's four from four, uh, four from six, four points from six. Think we're all pretty optimistic after Tuesday, but I'm certainly not getting carried away. But yeah, fantastic to see Ali and um, just just get involved and actually meet you for the first time. And there's so many of the lads. So yeah, it was a a really really great night on Tuesday. Really good. Yeah, top man. And um, I'm going to go over to Bloomers next. And well, Bloomers, uh, you saw a great win. And you know, we, we sometimes we are getting a bit carried away with these podcasts. Sometimes when we have a big win, like I'm always excited. I'm always like, yeah, here we go. But I want to calm down time a bit. Bloomers, though, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? And we'll get into the Pompey win. But how is your leg, your foot? Because you hurt yourself at Fratton Park. <laughs> Uh, nice to speak to you again, Ross. It wasn't even a goal that, um, that, that I was celebrating that caused me to, to hurt myself. It was at half-time, coming down the steps to see you. Uh, there was a little little moat, if you like, in between um, the pitch and the away end, where you and the other photographers and cameramen were uh, sitting or standing or whatever you're doing. And going down those old, old, old steps, I managed to lose my foot in and, <laughs> and turn over my ankle. So I was hobbling for the rest of the second half. Um, but that aside, I think Tuesday was an unqualified success. Uh, it's certainly been an interesting week on the town front, especially for me and my own opinions. We'll get get into that later because um, I think, especially after Saturday, if, if we're talking about knee-jerk reactions, I think I managed to hit myself in the face. So we'll, we'll go on to that. But uh, nice to speak to you and, and, the, and the rest of the rest of the town fans that are here. Top man as ever. And um, Liam, welcome back to the show as well. Good old Liam from Crew, who was at both games as well. We, we spent the uh, weekend at Cambridge at my dad's. We had a lot of food and uh, we just had a good weekend. And of course, you went to Pompey as well. Um, how are you doing, my friend? Uh, yeah, it's been a long week, <laughs> especially getting in at about half one on uh, Wednesday morning. So that that was long, but I uh, thoroughly enjoyed Cambridge. That was a great weekend. Um I'll be going back to your dad's, I think, because uh, we certainly did get our fill in terms of uh, food. So <laughs> I'll be back there in in uh, in no rush there to get back there. I'll tell you. Um, 
Bloomer's just for one thing. He didn't realise, but he is um, quite a weapon with a scarf. Um, stood in front of me in the second half, and a few times I had to duck because he's jumping up and down with his scarf flinging around. And then he took my head off. So, um, so pretty good accuracy, I've got to say. <laughs> yeah, there might be a height discrepancy issue there. For those of you that have met him in person, you can understand why that might have happened. But to be fair to him, the steps, um, they weren't very even. Um, so it did, if you took a step a little bit too far, then, uh, yeah, you might have been in a little bit of trouble. So I can understand why he's uh, hurt himself. But what a what a brilliant night it was. And I'm, I'm still buzzing from it a uh, few days on, really. Definitely. And I can't wait to get into the, the bits, the moments and all that. Um, and you... Bloomers mentioned a moat, and there is a moat. And Liam, and you saw me literally fall down it at one stage when I was trying to get up and move to actually see Bloomers. I literally fell down, so I could have had an accident as well. But luckily, I saved myself from having an accident. Um, and the final man joining us this week is good old Bainsey in the heart of uh, Wales. How are you doing? And um, I'm sure you're buzzing as well after seeing the Blues win 4 0. Yeah, very good. All, all good. Fair fair play to all of you. That's, uh, that's a hell of a trek on a. Tuesday night again. It shows how poor this league is that we have to rock up to these football grounds that are crumbling and bad drainage and just awful. So let's get out of this league as as quickly as possible. But yeah, we uh, we can apparently do it on a on a cold Tuesday night on multiple occasions. Doncaster, Gillingham, and now Portsmouth. So yeah, buzzing for a massive win like that. So yeah, all all good. Okay then. Well, let's go and talk about the Portsmouth game. I already mentioned it multiple times in this podcast, but I wanted to bring out all the guys, introduce them, see how they're doing, and um, I'm sure there's always going to be some puns involved there. So I'm going to go over to Bloomers next, because Alex currently is having some Wi-Fi issues. Hopefully he comes back, because he was very passionate on Tuesday night. If you watch game day, he was definitely the highlight of that. And Bloomers, I actually <coughs> spoke to you on game day um, on Tuesday night, but... Um, I did a bit of a boo-boo. You did a bit of a boo-boo. You had your hand over the mic, so we couldn't actually hear you. So it's now your time to open the floor, the opening thoughts on the win. Uh, well, four goals, four different goal scorers, a clean sheet. What a night at Fratton Park. Yeah, when they, when, we, when we become worldwide, that'll be part of like, the lost tapes that get released. Um, well, I haven't actually heard back how bad it was, but yeah. Muggins here, who's got a um, journalism degree, put his hand over the mic. Um, shows how much I've uh, forgotten. It's my fault as well, though. It's in the five years since I've in the five years since I've graduated. Well, I mean, yeah. What can I say? Um, it's probably a good thing I didn't do a game day uh, after the Cambridge game because probably a lot of it wouldn't have been um, available to to print or broadcast. But let's be honest, uh, Ports were for rubbish. I, I know it's a really bad thing to, to start with your position when you just won four 0 but I, I want to make clear that Ports were probably as bad as almost as bad as what Doncaster were a few weeks ago. Um, and I think more people obviously saw the Doncaster game. So if you haven't seen the highlights yet or think that it might be a little bit um, biased towards us for winning 4-0, no, Portsmouth are absolutely dreadful. And uh, anyone that still had lingering desires for the Cowleys, um, to borrow a, a, an in-vogue phrase again, be careful what they might have wished for because uh, the Pompey fans weren't happy and rightfully so. But we got a goal just before the break which was in adverse to what we did on uh, Saturday where we conceded just before the break and it made the world a difference came out in the second half continued to put our foot on the on the gas and uh, 
once the second and third went in, that was it. We, we cruised to victory. It was really good to see um, some usual performances from the likes of Bon. And when I say usual, I mean fantastic. The guy doesn't stop running. Didn't give up on uh, on a lost cause and, and hassled a goalkeeper for a goal, which he's already done. Um, well, I know he didn't score the one against uh, Sheffield Wednesday, but he was the catalyst for for the goal. So fantastic. Um, really good to see Sonia Aluko, two, two back-to-back good performances as well, because I know that um, there were some amongst us who were questioning his uh, pace in the in the squad, and you're more than welcome to have that opinion, but you also have to say that um, on the, the last two games, he's played really well. He's, you know, scored three goals. Two of them have been rather fortunate. Um, the uh, second goal uh, on, on Saturday and then the, the goal on Tuesday, where I think a more confident keeper would have probably saved it. But, hey, if you don't get the shots away, you don't score. And um, he, he's done more than what was expected of him, to be perfectly honest. It's great to see that, actually, yeah, it's one loss in eight all of a sudden, which seems really weird when you sort of combine the draws that have been disappointments, the uh, the loss against Accrington, the, what felt like a loss against Cambridge. And all of a sudden, things are sort of pointing in the right direction. We've still got a hell of a way to make up and... Um, I assume we're touching on the Cambridge game a little bit, Ross, or are we not, just before I finish this? I press the wrong button. Um, <laughs> yes, you can, you can do. Go ahead. Well, only, only because um, after the Cambridge game, so people won't have seen it from me unless they follow me on Twitter or are part of the Kings of Anglia WhatsApp chat. Um, uh, I pretty much called for Cook's head on Saturday after the, after the game against Cambridge because... I had had enough with losing leads and, and it became a, a pandemic, basically, um, for lack of a better phrase. It's something that I pointed out in the when we were looking ahead of the five games. I basically said there's no ability in this team to, to hold a league. And as soon, as soon as there's any pressure applied, things go to pop. Now, does Tuesday's win change that statement? It doesn't because Pompey never put any pressure on. So I'm still reserving some of the judgment. And also, I, I'll never, ever take back anything I say you can't in this day and age your tweets will always get found out so I'm happy to own it and wear it and say that Cook isn't the right man to take us forward um and you know we won 4-0 so that statement might seem outlandish and look let's be honest at the end of the day if I'm the one who's uh completely wrong come May when we're in the top six top two whatever then who's gonna be missing out first of all no one's be missing out it's just me who's gonna look foolish and I I can happily wear that crown multiple times over um, I'm sure we'll get a little bit more of a deep dive than that. But yeah, Saturday, uh, well, let's not talk about Saturday. Let's talk about Tuesday and, and how well that was. It's a game now on Saturday where uh, we should win. I think we will win. That means uh, the prediction so far, I predicted a draw against Cambridge, win against Portsmouth. So two for two. Let's, uh, let's keep that going. Yes, indeed. And uh, we'll all get into Paul Cook and the cheesecake and all that sort of stuff because it is a big topic. I want to go to all of you guys, your, your position at the moment. So I think it is time probably to judge cook um because we've played now how many games is it 14 something like that 13 one of those one of those things 13 games 14 so i think i think it's time possibly now to judge we said that on the main pod you know assessing the season so far and it is probably time now to judge um but we'll get into that in a minute that's uh, more though but let's be more positive still because we won 4-0 alex i think you're back um let me unmute you uh, that's all right. It's fine, Alex. But um, yeah, your opening thoughts on the Pompey win. And if you want, you can mention maybe bloomers about Paul Cook and, you know, because the Cambridge game is st- still there in the background. It was a 2-2 draw. Once again, we lost a 2-0 lead. Um, of course, great that we won 4-0, but still that lingering doubt there where it's like, oh, we, we couldn't keep that lead against Cambridge. 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's a much of a muchness. I think League One is just as we talked about before. It's a dreadful league. It really is. And um, we talk about Cookie, and I know what Bloomers is on about there. I get that with Cookie, but in terms of the Portsmouth game, <coughs> it's it's the most unique situation of, of of any club has probably ever had. I don't know if there are many stories like this. Typical Ipswich, isn't it? Where nineteen come in. 18 go out or 19 come in, whatever it is, with only two players left effectively from the starting 11 last year. It's a very unusual situation. I th- I think people say the, the Portsmouth game itself, you know what? We didn't let them play. We didn't let them play. We absolutely didn't let them play. And people can say that Portsmouth are rubbish, having beaten Sunderland 4-0 and got good results. It is that kind of a league where anyone can beat anybody. So I'm I'm kind of in the camp that we were just excellent on Tuesday and we didn't let them play. And that was brilliant. In terms of the Cambridge game, that, that was horrible, really horrible. And I said at that point that there's something missing in this team. I still believe there is something missing in this team. There is something, there's a bit of a steal there and we are a bit vulnerable at times. But God, it's such a weird situation. I know we want to judge Cook. I know we do. Of course we do. But he does, we do need to give him a bit more. He does need a bit more time, I think. It's just, well, rather than that judgment, I think there's gonna, we're not going to go on a run and win five in a row now. I really don't. I don't think that that happens in League One. I don't think anyone's going to steam away. It's it's Cook getting seeing what he's seeing, getting what he needs, getting the formation right, getting his two sitters, knowing who they are. Now we've got a 10 with Chaplin, allegedly. Suddenly... Players are falling by the wayside, Wolfie, Harper. So they're all drifting away. I just think there's going to be more setbacks and we can't knee-jerk. But you know my feelings on it. Portsmouth was fantastic, but I'm not getting carried away, just like I wasn't getting carried away when we beat Doncaster 6-0. Suddenly, I really believe that this game against Fleetwood is absolutely huge. It's really big now because if there is that step back, then suddenly that negativity grinds up again. And grinds up again. If we can get two in a row, we haven't won back to game back to back games under Cook. That's a fact. That's a dreadful stat, and he'll know that. We can talk about Cook later. Let's see where we are. I'm really optimistic, but Fleetwood just takes on huge importance. We've got to back it up and beat a team that we are expected to beat. We've got to back it up on Saturday. It's massive for me. Definitely, and oh, always. Well, well said, Alex. Always well said. Um, Liam, over to you. Um, of course, there's been a casualty in League One. Nigel Atkins has been sacked at Charlton. Of course, once again, he signed 19 or whatever players as well. They didn't have time to gel. That then they're 20 or four. They're, 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 I think they're in the bottom bottom four, so they're not doing so great. But Liam, enough of Charlton. It's all about us. Four nil. Um, but also segue into Cambridge and all that stuff. But your opening thoughts on the Portsmouth win, and talk about the team well, a little I- bit as well because um, we, there's a few changes. Yeah, well, I, I think it was, um, well, the changes were, were were probably needed after Cambridge, just freshen things up a little bit. Uh, I thought Kyle, bringing Carl Edwards in uh, was uh, a decent uh, enough thought to try and use his directness. And it worked in little bits and bits and bobs, but he, he got he got a little bit I think overdid it at times and and ran himself into cul-de-sac slightly, um, but I mean the the other two I mean Toto grew into the game, but he was a bit nervy to start with in that first half and 
Then there was a, an excellent dummy on the halfway line where he nearly fell over the ball and nearly gave it away. And instead managed to just about keep himself up and dummy the Portsmouth striker. So brilliant piece of skill or just a little bit uh, clumsy? I don't know. But um, he was perfectly solid after that. Um, and Walton, I mean, again, decent looking keeper. Uh, I will admit, though, I thought his kicking was pretty woeful first half. But that's probably as far as I can go in terms of negatives of, of Walton's kicking. Uh, because the rest of the performance was really good. Um, we we had to grind it out first half. And I would probably disagree a little bit with Bloomers that Portsmouth are the worst team we've seen. I think Cambridge were probably oh, in, in some not, ways worse. Not the worst team. Not, not the worst team, just a really, really bad team. Definitely not the worst team because Doncaster takes oh. that ground. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, 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 they weren't great. Uh, you can tell that they're vastly out of form. But they still carried that threat. And it all hinges on Pazunu having, well, um, I don't know what was going on. I mean, it, it, I don't even know if it's, um, if he's just mentally checked out for a second. I mean, all he has to do is get the ball away. And he just stands there and lets Bond tackle him. So um, it was, from there, it was total dominance. And it was really good. And second half, it completely opened up. And just, it could have been more than the four we scored. We might have been challenging the Doncaster school. Um, so we, we were that good in Portsmouth second half. But I agree with Alex. I think we made them look bad. I don't think, um, they might not be in form, but they've still got decent players. But I just don't think we gave them an inch. We pressed really well like we did on Saturday. And... The key thing for me here is we we carry the threat when we went forward, whereas the problem on Saturday, and I'll still think that's the easiest three points we've dropped all season because uh, two points, sorry, because um, that <laughs> that was such a an easy win for for so long. I mean, for the pretty much the whole of the first half, they were hardly ever got across the halfway line, and then. They get a goal out of nothing, but I still think is a foul. But there's still enough time after the goal for Town to have probably defended that better and maybe had a chance of, of shutting it down. And they didn't. But as soon as that goal goes in, but then second half, apart from the first 10 minutes, we, we were then dominant again and we kept the ball really well. But the problem I had with that second half is that they started knocking the ball around and playing it safe and not really having any kind of drive or desire to get a third goal. And so when it was in the, the final area, uh, final third of, of the pitch, they just the, the, the last pass was just dreadful or, or the cross was really poor. And they just didn't have that same intensity they had in the first half to try and get that third goal and kill it off. And then, of course, you're leaving yourself to chance Final 10 minutes, they put another striker on. And, I mean, we should have defended the corner better. I mean, two big lads are beaten in there. The two big lads we've signed for that very job, Edmondson and Burgess, and they both um, looked a bit um, bit like mugs, really, um, in that in that stramash. So, at the end of the day, it was very, very frustrating. But four points from two games, 
that I mean, at the end of the day, we may have taken that just probably in reverse. But um, as as uh, Alex says, Saturday's huge now. Back it up, and we'll start rolling. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, indeed. And I was very negative going into the Pompey game for some reason. I, I thought Pompey were going to beat us. I just thought like we're going to turn up and just not get the result. But we did. And um, Bainesy, um, it's a statement win. Uh, four goals uh, against a potential promotion rival but well we saw them and they weren't very good um, what's your your thoughts on the Pompey win yeah obviously it's, it's fantastic I mean our goal difference has taken an absolute battering recently so to get four without conceding is obviously fantastic but it's prefaced by the fact that Portsmouth defending and their keeper it was absolutely shocking it was horrendous like the Danassian assist on the second goal he took out three defenders with with that assist. Oh, that should not happen. Just do the do the basics right. But nonetheless, obviously it's to our benefit. Um, I listened to it on Radio Suffolk. I watched it back on iFollow in in full today. So I had uh, Mick Mills and Brenner, and then uh, Radio Solent on the uh, on the iFollow, which was which was interesting. But yeah, the first half was awful. It was it was just a really awful game of football. It was like. Neither side really playing it about. It was going up in the air lows, despite the fact he was obviously blowing a gale, which is perhaps is what's contributed to, to Walton's kicking. But we were much, much better when it was on the ground. Um, and when we could string a couple of passes together. Edwards, he's very direct, I agree. He runs at people, which is fantastic. We haven't had many people who have had that intensity and who have had that drive to run at people. But I still think his end product needs to be refined a, a bit. Obviously, he's a very exciting player. Lots of lots of skill, um, which is great. Um, that that Bond goal turned the game on its head, really, I think. Um, probably the most complete striker we've had in a very, very long time. Left-footed, right-footed, headers. He can do stuff like that, the, the intelligent stuff. And I think had we not got that goal, Portsmouth might have come into the second half with a bit more kind of enthusiasm. But just killed off the game in the second half. And, you know, we weren't particularly brilliant, but we didn't need to be. We just did the basics right. We actually played the ball on the ground. We played with intensity. We got to those second balls. We got to those third balls. Um, Sonny Aluko, what a sign-in. No one gave him a, a chance. And I was certainly one of those people. But obviously, the number 23, the MJ Magic, has obviously rubbed up off on him because... He's just looking like the player, you know, we absolutely need with, you know, attack and intensity and pace. But I think there was a, a line from Radio Solent which really summed it up and, and sums the league well up quite significantly. They, they they were 4-0 down. They said, being honest, Ipswich haven't done anything spectacular here, but they haven't needed to. And sometimes I think that's what you need with League One. You don't necessarily need to need to be the greatest at anything. You just need to sometimes grind out wins and do the simple things right. And I think whilst maybe 4-0 flattered us because Portsmouth's back four was shocking, sometimes you just do the basics right and it, it all comes off. And we deserved, we definitely deserved that result. But I agree, Fleet, Fleet was a massive game now. If we don't back that up, it's as, it's as good as useless. We have to be consistent. If we have any hope, any shadow of of you know playoffs, let alone first or second, which is probably obviously gone by now. We need to be consistent, so it has to be a, a winner at Fleetwood. But yeah, great, great win. But we have to back it up on Tuesday, otherwise it's irrelevant, really. 
Oh my god, I've done it again. Amateur hour once again. My mic was moved, and I, I pretty much just said, "Yeah, we've got to back this up now." You know, we've had the the six nil win against Doncaster. We now had this four nil win. We've got to back it up on Saturday. We'll get into the Fleetwood preview, but I want to talk more about Pompey um, and talk. Bring out a question here from good old Brad from the Kings of Anglia fans uh, social posse, and it's about um, should we a sharp shot at two nil rather than bringing on three attacking subs because we did that on Saturday, and of course Paul Cook came out and said, "I'll never sharp shop." And of course, then we drew two two. Um, so, who would like to lead this? I'll, I'll go to Bloom. Oh, Alex, no, go to you, Alex, and then we'll go into over to Bloomers, and then we'll go with the flow. So, Alex, what's your thinking on that? What's your thoughts on that? Uh, I think that he sounds very naive to say um, I won't shut up shop because as, essentially, when Selena and and whoever came on, they'd start. They had to sit back anyway because we were being penned. It wasn't like they were suddenly changing the game by bringing attackers on. Selena was dropping deeper. Edwards, were, they were all dropping deeper and defending because we were inviting on the pressure because we were sitting too deep generally. It had nothing to do with the substitutions. And this thing about, oh, I won't shut up shop. Well, that's ridiculous. Sometimes you need to shut up shop. Sometimes you need to do something a little bit different. And we wouldn't feel any negatively about it if he did it. If he did shut up shop for the final 10 minutes and we got the points. I think, again, we were one minute from winning that game. Let's remember that. We were. We were poor in the second half, but we were still 88th, 89th minute. We still nearly did it. We had done enough to win the game, but we were unlucky in the end. Um, and it's just one of those League One games. This shutting up the shop thing, I don't really get it. What you need is you need 7 out of 10, 8 out of 10 from all the players consistently week in and week out. When these League One teams get it, they launch it against Cambridge and also um, against Pompey occasionally. We were launching it long and it was a pointless um, exercise with Chaplin up top, who's like four foot ten. I mean, there's no point knocking it long. You have to have your system, you stick with it, you play the right way and um, get seven out of ten, eight out of ten from each player. This is League One. It really isn't about that much skill. It will come. What we need is to be patient in the first 25 minutes, try and get an early goal. That will open them up because then they have to come and get us. The big thing is, Ross, is we're Ipswich. When we come to town, these players at Accrington, at Fleetwood, Doncaster, they're, most, they're going to want to raise their game against us. And um, Cookie's very reactionary in what he says. I won't shut up shop. Well, that's a, bit, that's a bit of a bold statement, mate. Just see how you go. Yeah, let's see what happens. This shut up shop, I'll, I'll bring on. If they bring on an extra attacker, you should bring on an extra defender. That's just natural football management. I don't don't really know where he's coming from. I love the guy, but a lot of what he says, I don't really know where he's coming from. I will be honest. Fair play. Bloomers, your thoughts on that then? You know, he's coming out and saying that and 2-2 two -two draw against Cambridge. Really, you probably needed Toto in that box to sort of battle out their iron side striker. You know, he was six foot five or whatever. And he, of course, he got the goal. We're jumping over, you know, Lanky and Burgess. Maybe you needed Toto in there. What's, what's your thoughts on shutting up shop and, you know, bringing on attacking players when you pretty much winning? I mean, it's a bit of a weird statement. It was a bit of a weird statement to be made at that specific time anyways. Um, it's a bit cliche manager speak. I mean, Cook's actually one of the sort of more honest speakers out of the managers you kind of hear. So to hear him say that is a bit weird. And it's doubly weird when you when you look at the stats. And I know I bang on about XG a lot. And I'm not, I promise I'm not going to just make this like a, a, a nerd fest. But I'll, I'll just say that in the first half against Cambridge, our XG was one and a half goals and we scored two. So basically, we, we, we'd created quite a few chances, still took more than we were average to. Um, 
and did really well. In the second half, it was about a third of a goal. Um, but you don't need me to tell you that. I mean, your eyes saw, or anyone, like you, your eyes saw that that second half, we didn't create any, anywhere near as much as the first half. And then we got caught out. And Alex kind of touched on it. And I agree in that, that like, you know, it, it, you don't, uh, you could defend the corner properly and we win 2 one. No one, no one talks about shutting up shop or whatever. Everyone's just happy to get away from, get away from there with a win. Because as I said on um, Thursday or Friday, when we recorded the um, side video, because it was a, a, a local derby and whether anyone wants to admit it or not, it, I guess it was like, like Cambridge, we're going to be up for it. And, and their fans were up for it and difficult to, to go there and, and impose yourself when it's like that. But the fact of the matter is when there was another bit of pressure, the, the side wilted and it was such a stupid, like easy goal to um, defend in terms of like, just do your basics, right. You know, don't allow, the big men to get a run and, and head it back towards goal. Your goalkeeper needs to be strong. Like it's easily avoidable and it wasn't. So I think, it, you know, as Alex said, I think it's just all a bit wanky really. Like if you're playing against a good team who's got strong attacking and you're winning, you know, then just bring on a defender and defend. If you think you've got more possession, you can go for it, then you go for it. You just do whatever the game calls for rather than like subscribe to any like, it's like football manager. You don't push a button and like, all of a sudden the players will like run into like a different formation or whatever. They've all got brains as well. Like, well, they should do because they're professional footballers. They, uh, yeah, I know. Maybe that's a, a naive thing to say, but um, like, yeah, just just do do your job. Like, do your job. And and if you're the manager, like, you're get, getting paid to make these decisions. Make the decisions that you think they should make, and then you know. If you're any, anything worth your soul and you've got a good side, things will things will happen. So, yeah, bit of a weird comment. Not quite sure he was kind of pandering to there really as well because um, if he was pandering to anyone who doesn't subscribe to the theory of shut up shop, no one's going to listen to him anyways. And if he's pandering to the people that do like that, well, then they'll just turn around and go, well, you did, you did shut up shop, clearly, and it didn't work. So, bit of a weird one. Yeah, and of course, another statement he came out with um, was, of course, there's a million pundits out there. And, it, you know, he spoke to the lads, of course, on Monday with a presser. Um, and, and Liam, what's your take on that? And, you know, you've, you've heard an Alex Bloomer's point. You have the floor now yourself. Well, I think he, he he's like any football manager. I mean, football is now um, very, very opinionated. Uh, in terms of those opinions being out in the public domain, I mean, um, you in the olden days, of course, it was the the press who um, uh, kind of convey the manager's thoughts and so on to us, the fans. But now we can all go on social media and put up all sorts of things, and uh, and and every, it, everything is analysed. It's it's every tiny little detail. And and it's the same. It's the same thing. I mean, we made three substitutes on Saturday that didn't really give us any impetus in the game. I, I know what he was trying to do. I think he was trying to keep that quality attacking assurance to catch Cambridge on the break, seeing as though they were coming further and further forward uh, and pushing the line up, but. It didn't work because we did go very direct and we couldn't get hold of the ball. Um, 
I had no issue with Burns coming on because he can be more defensive if you ask him to, and he's got the pace to recover. But the other two, um, I think Selena probably a mistake. I don't think you need Selena in a position where you're supposed to be trying to see a game out. Um, and and Edwards, I, I can understand that one maybe because, again, he would give you a lot of threat on the break, I guess. But again, they both didn't get into the game and we, we got deeper and deeper. But it, it wasn't on... It, wasn't down to being unlucky. We we were we shot ourselves in the foot again, which which is and and I think this is the thing with Cook overall. I mean, I think it was naive to say I'm an attacking manager. I don't make defensive substitutions. But let's be honest, right? If he if he was in a final of a cup competition right now, if we're in the final of the FA Cup or in in Europe or whatever, and we were winning one nil. Are, are you telling me that he would not bring on either an extra defender or a defensive midfielder to see out that time? I, I just, I, if, if the game calls for it, the difference to Brad's question about 2 0 up, we were 2 0 up. That's, that's the difference. Now, I know we've thrown 2 0 leads quite often uh, at the moment, um, but. We were we were two nil up and we're in the ascendancy in the game, and we had kind of got over the slightly rocky period after we had scored the first one because we had half time. So, and and I and I think the way we were playing, I think all credit to Cook, go for the jugular and go for more and just completely make a statement, which is what we did. But Cambridge probably called for something maybe a little bit more pragmatic, but. I still stand by that that corner at the end, the town should have still won that game, regardless of all the issues they had second half, where they didn't look like scoring, but dominating the ball, but then suddenly got really tight and nervy at the back when they started hammering it, long long ball to Ironside and the, the guy that they brought on to play alongside him. And the two big guys that we, we have bought to do that job at the back, Burgess, who who should should be used to all this, he is a League One defender, and he was at Accrington, who were one of the most physical sides in this in this league. Um, and then Edmondson, who is massive, and they both got beaten. They both didn't have that desire to win the ball late on. Cambridge wanted it more, and they got the equaliser. And that's that for me is is the biggest disappointment. But I mean, in terms of Cook. The four-two-three-one. It, it, I think we've had issues with it, um, and there's potential to maybe try something different um, at times. But that's what he wants to play. I think a lot of our issues have been down to individual mistakes rather than Cook's tactical. I don't think his in-game management's been brilliant. Um, but I think if we're going to look at him now and, and judge him, then. I don't think uh, we're anywhere anywhere near yet to saying cookout. And I know that uh, Bloomers was on the U-turn on uh, Tuesday night. Uh, I saw him put a meme up on their Twitter just to kind of <laughs> show he had a bit of uh, egg on his face <laughs> from his comments at the weekend. But I don't think we need that yet. I don't think we need that sort of reactionary kind of idea. But he definitely, definitely should have done better than what we've 
what we've uh, currently sitting at at the moment. But I think a lot of it has been down to individual mistakes as well as as well as a few imperfections that Cook has had. And I, I, you can't legislate that as a manager sometimes. You just can't legislate Lee Evans against MK Dons um, and and that and Wolfenden on the opening day against Morecambe. You, you can't legislate for them making basic mistakes like that because that, they are the worst of the worst. So it's still a bit messy. It's not completely there yet, but the momentum's in the right direction. So I think at the moment we 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 cut him a little bit of slack, but we 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 expect more now in the next couple of months leading up to Christmas because otherwise then that there, there, there may be more calls potentially change the manager and it may be more justified. So. But at the moment, I'm completely on on uh, uh, backing Cook. I think football's good, so um, we've just got to try and sort out those issues we've got, and to actually win the games that we should be winning, because that's the biggest problem. All the games we drop points are against teams really we should be beating, um, and now we're having to make it up against the sides that we're we're pretty much going to be battling with if we are going to get promoted, and that's not easy with what's coming up in the next couple of months so um yeah we'll we'll just we'll just keep going hopefully now this is a turning point but it's saturday that the proof will be in the pudding that is that is the big phrase there um baines you've been patiently waiting it's your time to shine now my friend you've heard what liam bloom and alex had to say about paul cook's comments recently uh What's your position at the moment, feeling into this? And we'll, we'll segue in to get Alex's thoughts on Paul Cook as well. Um, what, how, what, what, what position are you right now? Where, where are you? I, I back him 100% because I don't think, to be honest, there's, there's anyone better. And for all the clamour of the, the Cowleys, they've, they've done nothing. So to me, he's the best man we, we've got at the moment. So we have to back him. And I think with the number of changes, it was never going to be a quick fix. That That's where I'm at the moment. I ultimately believe he will be successful in, in time. So I, I'm keeping the faith. I think the difficulty is with the post-match comments, obviously managers get wheeled out so quickly after the, the final whistle. He was more than likely very pissed off, which is why he said that. But sometimes I think, do yourself a favour, have a breather, like don't perhaps think about some things before you say it. And the, the shut up shop thing is, you know, is certainly an example of that. It's like, or, or why? Sometimes you're going to need to do that. You know, you're, you're going to Cambridge, you've just come up from League League Two. And for all the talk about League One being awful, League Two is, is horrendous. I've seen County enough in League League Two to tell you it is, it's an even worse league with even worse referees and even worse pitches and teams and everything. So I, I get I get both sides of the coin. I think that my, my memory is a, uh, as a third-year university student I did some work experience at BBC Radio Essex and had the pleasure of seeing um, the culture manager at times. Is it Joe, Joe Ward? Something Ward? I can't remember what his name was. After they got battered 5-0 by MK Dons. And honestly, I would have been dead four or five times over with the daggers he was he was giving me. This, you know, this university student as he's there, like explaining like how poor his side have been, you know, getting picked apart by MK Dons. But yeah, I, I, I get what Cook means, but... It, at the same time, it's like 
before the Portsmouth game, before it's even kicked off, he's approached a local journalist and said, use them, half rights and whatever. Why do, you, why do you need to bother with them? Why, why not just walk on? You could have said hello to them because you've probably had a relationship with them before working relationship. They're probably the same journalist when he was in Portsmouth. But what, what's the point? There's nothing good that can come from that conversation or just be civil and shake their hand and, and move on. So obviously he's feeling the pressure and, and rightly so because this is this is a big job and this is a, a big opportunity for him to, to get another promotion on his CV. But I think they're two separate games. You should have shut up shop against Cambridge because they're a League Two side. They're going to play ugly. They're going to be direct. And sometimes you just need to to be be a bit negative sometimes. And that's absolutely fine. If it means you get the three points, who cares? Who cares sometimes if you get some disgusting wins throughout the season by just being dirty, just sticking Toto at the back, be a bit more negative. That's fine. We've got the three points. We wouldn't care. I think Portsmouth was slightly different because we'd got the goal before half time. Um, their defence was shocking. You know, the, the keeper had had, a, had one mare and obviously he had two with, with the, the Sonny Luco, you know, goal that dribbled in. So I agree, like go for the juggler on that because they were, they were there for the taking. I think sometimes that he's experienced enough. He's been there a hundred times before. He doesn't need me telling him that. I know, you know, an infinitesimal tiny amount compared to his football knowledge, but sometimes you just have to be sensible and, and pragmatic and be a bit Mick McCarthy and just, you know, get those points, get those three points, no matter how you do it, just just do it. If it means chucking on the defender, just do it. If it means that that three points at the end of the season gets you in the playoffs, it gets you in the autos, you'll look on that decision and say, yep, that was the correct one. But just take the easy decisions sometimes. Like Alex said, this isn't a rocket science league. This isn't, you know, Barcelona S teams. These are horrible League One teams who will kick it and head it. And the horrible pitches, just just do the simple stuff right and we'll be absolutely fine. But yeah, I'm 100% behind Cook. He's been successful multiple times. Now, I've no doubt he'll be successful with us. Whether that's this season or next is obviously the, the thing that's in debate, really. Mm, we'll wait and see on that. And um, we'll get into Cheesegate and we've got a question about cheese. Uh, what's your favourite cheese and what cheese are you throwing? Um, if you had to, cheese at a football match. Who brings cheese? I don't know. Um, but we'll get into that very soon to lighten up the podcast. I'm not saying it's been a, a negative podcast, but it's been a bit deep and dark a little bit there. But Alex, to finish off the pool kick discussion, um, what's your position, my friend? You're doing a me, Alex. The mic is mooted. Oh, oh there we go. Thank you. Uh, apologies. Um, he's a fascinating creature, Cookie. I think in football, <laughs> you, you've got to, you kind of, it's, it's Rudyard Kipling, isn't it? You you treat triumph and disaster as the imposters that they are. And it's very important that you maintain a certain um, calmness and maturity about what you do things. First thing I'd say is that Cookie obviously reads the media. He reads the Pompey media. He reads online. He's reading all this. He's taking all this stuff in for some reason. You know, for me, you should be busier doing other things, but even worrying about what other people are thinking. You need to have the courage of your convictions. I think we said before that not getting Richardson from Wigan is huge. What worries me is that he doesn't have a number two. Wondering how influential Peter Reid's going to be and what's happening there, what he's going to be doing, what's the point of him. Um, is it to just a mate to help out? Um he spreads himself very thinly, Cook. He's all over the training. Never saw Sir Alex Ferguson on the training ground. He was never involved. 
for a lot of managers who are very hands-off with training. He's not, I don't think. I think he's right up there. He's always all over everything. Very emotional. Loves to chat with the media and all our boys and Stu and, 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 you know, gives a lot of himself, doesn't he? Gives a lot, gives a lot. And he must get exhausted. You know, he's had a tough few months. There needs to be some balance there. He needs to ease himself. He's going to get the time, okay? I think as long as results are generally positive overall, he will get the time. He doesn't need to be going up to that pompy journalist like um, Tom was saying and having a go at him because he actually got it wrong. It wasn't him that wrote the story, apparently. It was he got the wrong guy. And he's expanding all that energy, swearing at journalists. Get on with it, Cookie. You've got enough on your plate. He's a fascinating character. He's better than what we've had before. He's got a proven record of winning and getting teams up. But again, this is a unique situation, something that he never would have encountered before. No club has encountered before, especially a League One club. He's got the players in place. We've got a great squad. We need to be easy on him. He needs to be easier on himself. Um, but our support and what we're doing and the fans that are travelling and the support that we give him, the 20,000, I think that's blown him away a little bit as well. We have to stay behind him. We really do. But he needs, he does need to calm it down a little bit. He is going to get time. The results will come, fingers crossed. And um, yeah, but you know, if he gets us up, he's a genius, isn't he? But I'm with Tom. It has to be a two-year project. I don't necessarily think that assume that we're going straight up this year. I think it's ridiculous to assume that. Um, I think all of us know that it's probably 50-50 whether we make the playoffs. Let's be honest. It's 50-50. I hope it's better than that, but I still think it's 50-50. Okay, ends up. I want to sort of go over to Bloomers here just to finish off this chat. Um, well, he's the man who made a big statement on Saturday. Um, what was your feeling behind that? Is it just the frustrating of losing wins and winning positions? What, what's your current position at the moment? Firstly, um, Bainty said, um, what was it, that, that, that maybe we should take a second to, to think about what he says. Where he says, I think we every football fan across the country can can um, take something from that because it's it's true. Obviously, it's a very emotive uh, subject for us all. And, you know, it's something that we all get very passionate about and in the heat of the moment we'll say things. But I, like I said, I said the statement, I'm not going to retract it. I'm also not going to double down. I said it and that's <clears throat> that's that. What I would say is, um, how can I say this? There will be, if this doesn't get fixed, and but by the way, it hasn't been fixed just because we won 4 0. Like, obviously, we won it great, fantastic. Mm -hmm. You know, there will be times when we will be severely tested after taking the lead again. And everything has shown in the past that it hasn't gone well for us when that happened. And people can throw away um, his record last season with a completely different side. And I, I get part of it. But, you know, the eight wins in 31, which is what it was before um, Tuesday, says a lot. It says an awful, awful lot. And Alex going, well, like, I don't expect to, um, or I don't think we'll get go up this season. It's plus 50-50. Well, considering what we've done this summer, that's ridiculous. It shouldn't be the case. We shouldn't be saying that after 13 games. The season's gone badly if we're saying that after 13 games. Um, we were... I know the bookies uh, aren't the bill end all, but they also don't get many things wrong. They had us joint favourites to win the league, and there's a reason for that. And it's the business that we did, and the manager, or supposedly the calibre of manager we've got in. 
that should mean that we're we're you know along with the Sunderlands and Wiggins right at the top. It hasn't happened yet this season, and there was obviously last season to go off as well. Depending on if you want to judge Cook on that or not, and it's still adding up to a bleak picture. Now there is time for him to turn it round, and every win that he gets will buy him more time. That's just the nature of football. Uh, you know, I know um, Lambert got sacked after two wins, but that that's uh, a very unique situation, if you like. Um, he will buy himself time with more wins. It's as simple as that. But this keeps it kept happening and happened again on Saturday, and it's gonna come back to bite him on the bum if it hasn't already. Because as I said, we shouldn't be in the position we are. The only thing he can do now is try and rectify it, and the only way he'll be able to do that and gave himself enough time to rectify it, is to keep up this momentum. Um, and last, lastly, um, what really, really annoys me is when, when if someone will dare to uh, want a manager out, um, a lot of people will, like, first question will be, well, who would you have in charge then? Well, firstly, I'm not part of the board, so I can't make the decision of who else would be in charge. And second of all, um, it, that question shouldn't really matter especially if you've got owners that are um, invested in a project that want success. If, if they've got money, uh, they'll get whatever manager they want. So, you know, there's no right time to sack a manager or wrong time to sack a manager, really. Like, sometimes, very, 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 very rarely, and in fact, I can't think of the time off the top of my head, it will happen where a team loses a manager or sacks a manager, another manager becomes available, and they get him, and it's like a perfect marriage. That very, very rarely happens. Normally, it's just people doing um, what they can, especially clubs that don't have a lot of money. They'll get a manager who's on the scrap heap, if you like, pick him up and try and get the best out of him. Um, if you're if you're owners that are serious about this, they'll get whatever manager they want. So it's a, it's a moot question. Um, like someone said to me, who's the best free best manager in the era moment that doesn't have a job? Uh, I'd probably say Chris Wilder. Does that mean I think we can get Chris Wilder? No, but I'm not part of the board. Do the board think they could get him? I don't know. I'm not part of the board. But if they could, there's the manager you get. So I, I, I get wound up by that question because um, I think it's really moot. If you want the manager out, you're more than welcome to have the manager out. You're also more than welcome to not have to give yourself a name to throw out there, um, even if you are a part of a podcast and you're asked for opinions. Indeed. Well, passionate as ever, my friends. And um, we're going to have a little pause here to, um, of course, talk about our sponsors at manscaped.com. Um, use the code KOA and use um, you get 20% off and, yeah, free delivery, manscaped.com. Thank you very much, Manscaped, as always. Um, any of you guys got Manscaped products? If you haven't, then it doesn't matter. But if you, do any of you? That, that is a no from oh, everyone. So sorry. Okay, it's fine. 20% off what's if that, you want. What's that, code again, what's that code again, Ross? KOA. 20% off free delivery. Uh, now, um, on Tuesday night, there was another big moment that happened, uh, which included Paul Cook, and it was a bit of cheese being thrown at him. Um, um, but the question to all of you guys is, uh, what sort of cheese are you throwing at someone you despise or whatever? Um, and I've just seen that there's a cheese rolling like annual thing in Gloucestershire, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is pretty Chase cool. Chase it down a hill. Chase it down a hill, which... Crazy, crazy. But uh, Alex, what cheese are you throwing or even rolling? What's your favourite cheese? I think if, if you're going to, you know, if you're going to do that, you, you want to hurt someone. Uh, let's not do it. You know, let's not do a soft cheese. I think um, let's do it proper. You know, I wouldn't sh- throw mascarpone or mozzarella or one of the fluffier fettas. 
Um, I, I don't really know, but a harder consistency, so a solid, you know, a solid block of red Leicester. I, I, I don't think you can go wrong. <laughs> Love it. Bloomers, what are you doing? Um, having given this question about five seconds of thought, um, I suddenly realised that I don't actually know that many cheeses. Um, let's see. Something that's, yeah, big, heavy and dense. So uh, let's go with a really, really boring answer with a massive lump of cheddar. Not like the uh, reference in the song Vindaloo. Yes, like that. Um, Liam, I know you're a cheese man. You love your cheese. Um, what are you going mm-hmm. for? Uh, well, firstly, I would not be throwing the cheese because that's just a waste. But uh, if we if if we were gonna if we were gonna throw one, I would say probably a very very mature Stilton that's been sitting there for quite a while because you it's quite hard um, in in the matted block itself, um, and it'll stink. So you could uh, really do some damage with that one. But as I say, that is a crime against cheese. So uh, I would not be partaking. I'll probably be eating it. Fair play. And uh, Bainsey, this is your idea for this question. So I'm not going to take credit. If people are loving this section, then it's all Bainsey's idea. And uh, I'm sure you've had time to think. Blooming says took five seconds to decide cheeses. Only wash. You've had time. You've had all day to think about this. So Smell my cheese. <laughs> I had a very boring day at work, so I made this flippant comment thinking, oh, no, Ross will never take it. And then suddenly it was on the plan for this. So I did think about this today because I was very bored at work. Um, I'm not going for a specific type of cheese. I'm going for a specific brand of cheese for a number of reasons. I'm going to go with a baby bell because if you're taking a baby bell to a full match, you can take them in that little, like, net sack. It's not going to be in your pocket and be, like, stinking up your jeans. You can fit it in your fingers. You could probably get a good amount of spin on it. It's quite dense, so as a projectile, if that hits, could you know, square on his Swede, he's probably going to feel it quite significantly. So, baby Bella be my choice. And then ultimately, as Liam said, you'd never be wasting cheese because cheese is obviously life. You could, if one did, you know, fall on the the ground in front of the subs bench. You can peel off the wax and enjoy it. So it's a it's a win win. But yeah, I I thought far too long and, and hard um, about this question. So sorry to my employees today. I was rather distracted thinking about what the best cheese projectile was, and I've come to this, <laughs> this paper bill for the multitude of reasons I've just put forward. Very considered, well structured answer. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Good section, good section. That has definitely got to be up for an award. Best section on the Kings of Anglia uh, and social posse. I didn't think about yeah. I didn't think about Baby Bell being recyclable. <laughs> you can throw it and still eat it afterwards. There you go. Sorted. Well, from the sublime to the ridiculous, um, I think that's the phrase. I'm terrible with my phrases. Is that right? Have I said that right? Thank you. That's good. Just thought that now. Let's talk about Louis Barry. Um, and in his current situation, it was rumoured today and reported, which is not a surprise, that um, a recall option is involved and he could go back in January. And um, Alex, what's your thoughts on this with Louis yeah. Barry? Um, yeah, take the floor. Yeah, I'm gonna. I've got to. I've got to go. Actually, I've got to hit the road. So let me let me finish off. If that's okay, mate. Um, I think I think Barry's unlucky, but I think Aluko has really changed 
change the situation. I, I honestly thought they had high hopes for Barry. I spoke to a Villa fan, a friend of mine, who was raving about him, saying what a great player he is, how lucky you are to have him. But it's just the way things have worked out in that there are just too many ahead of him in the pecking order. And I don't think he's going to get any opportunities. It's not like that we go on big cup runs, is it? Let's be honest. So it's not like he's going to get games in that sense. Um, no harm, no foul. It's just one of those things. I'm sure he is absolute quality, but he's not going to get in. Sonny Aluko is a big change. I think Selena is going to be a little bit concerned as well. I think, you know, when's he playing? Um, he hasn't impressed particularly when he came off the bench. So I think that the Barry thing is a shame. I think if he got the opportunity, but Cook is quite stubborn about his players. We know that who he's going to play. He knows, we know where the two are. We know who the 10 is. We know who the top man is. So there's effectively two positions to play for, isn't there? And there's effectively also four or five players going for those two positions, even if you don't get hold of, even if you don't put Barry in the mix. So off you go, Louis. Thank you very much. I, I, and I don't think there's any problem with that. I think a few players have overperformed, got their opportunities and taken them. He didn't. He's had his moments, but overall, he hasn't taken those opportunities. It's a big boys league. It's a tough league that, and he might find a lot of success somewhere else. But great that we had that quality of youngster in the club. Um, um, but unfortunately, it just hasn't worked out. But there it is. And uh, on you go. There's there's better players ahead of him at the moment that are going to get picked. So I don't think, don't think it's a real disaster. It's just one of those things that works. Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. Definitely. And um, as you said, you're about to go. Um, can you quickly throw over your prediction? For the Fleetwood yeah, game, what win. are you going we're, for? We're going to win. We're going to beat Fleetwood. We have to. He knows that. If they play with that same work ethic and work as hard as they've been working, the, the results will come. But let's not underestimate Fleetwood. They've had some great results this season. It's going to be another typical League One game. If we have 19, 20,000 there again, absolutely brilliant. Um, yeah, let's say 2-0. A, a comfortable 2-0 I'll be very happy with. But thank you for having me tonight, Ross. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you very much, Alex. And um, over to you then, Bloomers. Your thoughts on the Louis Barry situation? He was on the bench on Tuesday night, which was a surprise probably for a lot of people. Um, was it just sort of just keeping Aston Villa happy for a second there? To put him on a bench, he probably won't come on. But uh, what do you reckon? Alex is... Uh, it wasn't a boring question. Sorry, I'm yawning. Um, it wasn't a boring question. Alex has kind of stolen all my fun, though, because he said pretty much everything that I would. I'm going to keep it very short. Yeah, these things happen, you know. Like, this is why you have insurance policies in, in case, you know, we suddenly have an injury crisis up front or whatever. You want some extra bodies in. The kid gets a learning experience alongside some more veteran pros. Um, but he's not got the game time he's probably been looking for. And uh, these things happen, you know. I, I, hate, I, I hate to think this is his, I think, first loan spell at a club. I'm fairly certain it won't be his last loan spell at a club. Um, but it just so happens that you won't get a lot of game time with us. And, and yeah. No hard feelings. I'm sure he's not done, not done anything to upset anyone at the club. Um, it's just that there are people in front of him who you can't drop at the moment. And it means he doesn't get uh, the minutes that he was looking for. And if that's the case, he'll probably go back in January, um, hopefully not being too despondent, and, and probably get shipped off to a, another League One side pretty sharpish, I would say. I think we talked about this a few weeks ago, Liam, about, you know, for him, it's probably just been a massive for him to be on the training ground, being in a first-team dressing room. Of course, the Selena deal probably has changed a lot of the plans for Louis Barry. Um, was, you know, it's, this probably wasn't a surprise for yourself to see him possibly going back in January. Well, first of all, let's let's look at the positive of 
us even talking about having to set uh, him being recalled because he's not getting any game time. It just shows you how ridiculous the squad is in that area of the pitch um, and the quality that we have. But you, you, you've hit the nail on the head there. Um, the Selena deal was what it was all about. And I think when Selena had uh, his issues earlier in the summer where it looked like no deal was possible, then to bring a signing like that, a really, really talented youngster who has got pretty decent pedigree already, you'd think, wow, that that, that, that is a real coup, real statement. But then all of a sudden we managed to get the target we wanted to at the very end of the window. And, and look, players go in and out of form um, and there will be chopping and changing. Cook will play different players, but it just looks like he's right on the periphery of it. And I think, obviously, we're all a bit surprised by the sudden emergence of Sonia Luco. Um, and I think that's obviously someone we thought that Barry would have been ahead of in the pecking order. And it, arguably, you could say now he's at the bottom of that list. So it doesn't surprise me. Um he looks really. He looks like he's a good player, um, and and will will get game time somewhere. Uh, I just hope he doesn't come back to League One if he does, because I, I'm certain he'll probably end up at someone and come to bite us in the ass in the second part of the season. But um, but yeah, no, don't don't begrudge him anything. It it, it just hasn't worked out. Um, the situation has changed uh, from when he signed, and wish him luck in the future. Um, wherever he ends up, uh, but I, I, I've not got huge strong opinions about it. At the end of the day, Villa want to protect their assets, so um, uh, if if he needs to get game time, then they're, they're more than welcome to have him back. I think. Yeah, and basically to sort of finish this off, um, I'm sure everyone else has stole your thunder on, on the thoughts on Louis Barry. But um, you know, it, it was an exciting summer in the signing. You know, you know Louis Barry signing on loan, a very, I know, a very good upcoming youngster did really well for them. And the Liverpool goal was always talked about, but um, it's just a shame he wasn't able to really have a, an opportunity. But when you got Selena and Luco in form of his life, it's sort of like, yeah, unfortunately, he's not going to get into the team. Former Lemassaya Wonder Kid would have been the Evans headline, wouldn't it? Um, this is what it is. He's um, he's probably learned a lot already. Under twenty threes football is completely different to to first team setup like um, like ours. He's probably learned a lot off the likes of you know, of Morsey, you know Evans, Bon. You know these these people who have been around the game a long time. So he's probably still got something out of it. It hasn't been completely wasted, I'd imagine, but. Like Liam said, he's he's well down the pecking order. If he wants to play, then he'll have to go somewhere else. And I'm with Bloomers. I think it'll be somewhere in, in League One. I think he'd be a great asset to to a team with you know less attacking depth than than what we have up front. But yeah, thanks. But your chances are limited, so you can't blame him or, or Villa for him, him going. So yeah, sorry, sorry, it didn't quite work out. There we go. We'll wait and see what happens with him. And yeah, as, as Liam said, hopefully it doesn't bot us in the butt and he goes to another League One team, a League One rival and uh, does the business for them. But he's still very young. He's got a long future ahead of him. Um, let's go and talk about then. Fleetwood are in town and they're not doing so well. On paper, they're not doing so well, but um, they're actually not doing 
as bad as their position shows in League One. I spoke to the journalist who covers Fleetwood and, you know, they're currently 20th, but they've got decent goal difference. They had some good results. They beat Rotherham 4-2 early in September. That's a very good result at Rotherham. They've drawn a lot of games. But uh, how are we feeling going into this one then, Bloomers? What, what do you reckon? What's your prediction? And are you keeping the same lineup, or what do you reckon Paul Cook will do? Mute your mic. I, I'm proud of myself. I'm not doing it <laughs> all season, <laughs> and I've been caught a cropper. There we go. It happens to all of us, mate. It happens to all of us. Anyways. I was saying last week I said that we would win this game and I still believe we will. And also, if you want to be anywhere near the top six, if you're not playing a team at the top uh, and you're at home, every game is pretty much must win because um, you don't win these games and all of a sudden you you lose ground um, quite quickly. So, yeah, this is a game we should be winning and I, and I do think we will. Fleetwood have been pretty average this season. I, I've got to be honest, I haven't really seen a lot of them outside of uh, the EFL on Quest on Saturday nights and Wednesday nights. Um, they've certainly not... It seems a world, a world ago now, doesn't it, that they had Joey Barton in charge and were actively targeting the top six and uh, made the top six a few years ago. I'm sure I'm not mistaking that. So... You know, it's it, it's it's a case of them kind of cutting their cloth a little bit and maybe um, sliding back down uh, on a downward trajectory. Which, to be honest, this is the first time in probably fifteen years they're on a downward trajectory because before then it's been promotion after promotion after promotion and building upon success. So it'll be interesting to see how they sort of shake out this season. But yeah, there's nothing that would concern me greatly about their side. Um, in terms of us making changes or not making changes, I don't think there's any new injuries coming out of the game on Tuesday. I know um, Bon very quickly uh, went to the ground after the fourth goal went in and um, I had my heart in my mouth once I'd got off my seat um, and stopped twirling my scarf around my head. Um, noticed that he was down on the floor, but uh, yeah, like it, it should be fine. Whether he makes some some slight tweaks uh, or, or, or changes to the, the supporting cast around Bon is up for debate. I, I probably won't add a lot to it, to be honest. So I'll let these guys speak about that. I'd be more than happy if we played the same side. Uh, and yeah, we've, we've scored in every goal this season in the league still. Um, and at Portman Road, we haven't kept a clean sheet yet. At least I can't think of one that we have. So, both teams are scoring always. Oh, yeah, of course, Doncaster. Oh, there we go. Oh, oh. I always shake my head and, like, no, 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 we haven't kept the clean sheet. That's because I've I've prefaced almost everything just now by saying, oh, I think this, I think that, and I was right. And then, yeah, finally I was wrong. Um, Of course, Doncaster game. Okay. Uh, Yeah, Doncaster. Put as much as you can on Doncaster to go down this season is all I would say. Um. Yeah, so yeah, uh, I think we'll win. I think, did I say 3-1 last week? I'll stick with whatever prediction I said. Um, we'll win this game. Things will feel a lot better. If we don't, it's just another kick in the teeth, considering we haven't uh, won back-to-back games under Cook, which is a shocking statistic, really. Yeah, not good. I didn't I didn't know that. Now I do. Um, Liam, it's time for us to get that back-to-back wins. Um, how are you feeling going into this one? And uh, what's your prediction, my friend? Uh, I'm... 
feeling very good about it. Um, we're coming off the back of, well, we're on a very good run, even though there's a few frustrating results in there um, in terms of dropping points. But we, we've been unbeaten now for a little while and, and we've had a, a decent run of points now with obviously the blemish of Accrington uh, in the middle of it. Um, I, I, I don't see any anything other than a town win on Saturday, um, although all my predictions have got nowhere near, apart from Cambridge, where I was two minutes away from from <laughs> the correct score. Um so it's a bit of a fool's errand for me to try and predict the score, but uh, I'll probably say I'm going to be confident. I'm going to bring David to the podcast and I'll say 3-0. Um, I don't think he needs to make any changes. I think, think I'll be perfectly happy if he comes out with the same 11 that started um, on Tuesday. But I just have a sneaking suspicion that Burns will come back into the starting lineup against his old club. Um and that's not a bad a bad change at all. Um, I think he has been one of our better players um, and certainly has a good um, uh, relationship with Danassian down that flank that uh, seemed to have just tightened things up a little bit down that side, um, which um, can only... I mean, Aluko was decent as well on Tuesday, so it'd be harsh to drop him. It, these are really hard decisions, um, but I think Burns may be the only change. I don't think you should change anything else. Um, so it could be that they may move Aluko to the other side to bring Burns in, or um, or obviously they take Aluko out and bring him back in. Um, there could be a question about maybe replacing Edwards, but I'd give him another game, another start, um, and try and build up. Because um, he was he was looking good until he got injured, and then obviously he's had to start again a little bit. So, but I think we'll be too strong for them. Uh, but we have to be wary of them. Uh, you look at this league, and and we should have we should have beaten Cambridge, um, and they went and beat Pompey uh, at Fratton Park a little bit earlier in the season, and then you've got Pompey going and thrashing Sunderland who at the moment are third and just off the top by a couple of points with a game in hand. So everyone, there's results in there where teams seem to be beating each other. So we have to be a bit wary on any given day. Anyone can beat anyone in this league. And uh, we've, we've already seen it, but if we're not on it, we'll be punished. So we have to be wary of them, but uh, I think we'll win comfortably and get that back to back. And then hopefully we won't be talking next week, um, going back to square one again and having to try and build. Because I think that's the buzzword now. It's about building and continuing to build a platform. Uh, and we can only do that now by winning games and dragging ourselves back uh, into the promotion push. I don't know how I'm going to get this. Oh, I don't know, every week changing my moods like, yes, we won. And then, oh, God, we did it again. Hopefully we do get the back to back wins. And next week we can still be happy. Um, but, of course, still being very cautious. Uh, Bainsey, you're the man to have the final say on this podcast. Uh, let's talk about Fleetwood Town. They will, won't be travelling much in numbers because they don't really have many fans. No offence. Any Fleetwood <laughs> fans listening, I'm sorry. Just insulted you. Um, but... What do you reckon then? It's not going to be a massive away crowd, so it's going to be all town fans cheering on the boys. And 
it should be an interesting game and hopefully another statement sort of win and a must-win game. What, what do you reckon, your prediction? I think from a sense of geography, Fleetwood is really, really small. So that's probably why they t- they don't have a, a great following. But it would be very on-brand with Ipswich to see us get battered by Fleetwood on Saturday. But I'm not predicting that at all. I think stick with the same team. If you've beaten a team 4-0, then stick with the same team. Confidence is, is massive, you know. Rakeem Harper was talking uh, this week about sports psychology and how much that's helped him in the group sessions, like confidence, and and that will do the world of good. So I'd stick with the, the same team. I think, like Liam said, give Edwards another chance to to refine those edges and that end product. So I'd, I'd keep keep every everyone. Um, Fleetwood are a funny side. It's in the last five, they've scored eleven, conceded six. Um, so there's there's goals being shipped and and they're scoring. So I can see us certainly winning and I think it'll be comfortable. I'm the same as Bloomers. I think 3-1. Three, three, as much as I'd like to see a clean sheet, I, I don't think I'd quite predict it, but it should be comfortable. If it's not, and if this is a, a draw or a loss, then we're back to square one. And like I said before, Pompey's irrelevant. So we absolutely need to back it up with some form of performance, no matter how we win, whether it's the most disgusting win, as long as it's three points and, and consistency. To me, that that's all that, that matters. So, yeah, confident going into this one. Mm. I'm going to go for a win myself. I want to go for a clean sheet, actually. I want to go for a 2-0 win. The boy Macaulay Bond score again. And, um, yeah, any other goal scorer can happen. I don't mind. I don't care who scores. Just someone else scores. But Macaulay Bond's going to score because he always does. Um, well, it's been another fantastic fan social. Uh, Bloomers, Liam Bainsey, thanks for joining me as ever. Any other business, guys? Anything else you want to add before we go? Uh, I will look forward to on Saturday making my debut in U2. Ooh. I uh, I picked up my ticket today as a, it was a very late call for me to go on Saturday, but uh, I've managed to and uh, quickly messaged Bono and uh, found out that there'll be three members of the Kings of Anglia posse uh, <laughs> in U2 on Saturday. So I'll be looking forward to seeing what all the fuss is about. There we go. Um, I'm thinking... Little... I'm thinking a, ne- a name change to that area. <laughs> Rename the area. Me <laughs> three. Yeah, we've got, we got a little ultras there. We're going to get our, yeah, that's that's our area. That is our spot in the ground. I, I'm just glad there's no Harry Suter on Saturday. That That's my relief. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Last time Fleetwood was at Portman Road in a, with fans in the ground, it was not a good evening. That 1-0 defeat, a lot. Of, that was probably the loudest you heard boos at Portman Road for a very long time because it was not a good evening. But I'm hoping Saturday will be better. Um, Liam, Bloomers, Bainsey, as I said before, thanks for joining me as ever. Hope everybody at home, on your walk, on your run, and on your drive. Hope you've enjoyed listening. Look forward to Saturday. Enjoy Saturday if you're going. And we'll be back next week to hopefully talk about a win and talk about whatever else happens during the week. Uh, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Make sure to follow us on all the socials on Kings of Anglia on Twitter. YouTube, as I mentioned before, Facebook, Instagram, and all the other stuff we use. And yeah, we'll be back next week to bring you another Kings of Anglia podcast. See you then. Bye-bye for now. From true crime to football, Brexit to football, for more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
YouTube channel slash Archer.